Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. I'm passionate about teaching my kids about finances. I believe it's a critical life skill and one that I didn't personally have a good education in. Before I introduce my guest for today's interview, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, CTC Math. CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy-to-understand way in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach to having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. This three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And ones who were doing okay before are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. Now for this week's topic, how to use finances as a teaching tool. My guest is Benny Nachman, CEO of Jazby, a finance app for families. Benny is a serial entrepreneur with a proven track record in building a global bank with over 30 licenses around the world. Hope you enjoy our interview. Benny, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show podcast. I would love to start by having you introduce yourself to my audience and tell us more about your background. Sure thing. So thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's so much fun to um, tell you about myself. Well, I was born and raised in Israel. I don't know if you can still hear my accent. Probably, yes. I've been here for 15 years now. Lived in California for a while, and now for about a decade, I'm in the East Coast, I'm in Massachusetts. Um, got here because of my wife, who was here, so I joined her in the Silicon Valley. My wife is uh, the real brains in the family. She's a <laughs> computer uh, engineer. She designs chips and stuff like that. And uh, I'm, I always tell people I used to be an attorney. Don't hold it against me. I haven't practiced in many <laughs> years. Uh, but more than anything else, the core of me or like, you know, my heart is, is in being an entrepreneur. So I, I start businesses, I start companies. It was always like that. Um, I, I had a, a small startup uh, when I was in law school, when I was a kid in law school. And, um, and, and then, you know, I, I went out, I, f- I finished law school. I practiced for a few years and 
when I was practicing, part of the, my, my job at the office that I worked for was doing banking-related work. So it wasn't hardcore banking. It was always like in silly area, credit card processing, uh, KYC, anti-money laundering, things like that. And uh, my, my second company, so after, you know, the little gig that I had as a, as a law school is that in 2007, when I was already here in, in the U.S., I decided to, to start a company uh, called Credorax. And uh, I didn't know enough. I knew very little about fintech at the time. I thought that I knew more because of my, you know, practice, but, but I really knew very little. And Credorax is a global acquiring bank and processor. So we process credit cards and debit cards and alternative payments um, in, for many, many merchants in many countries. So I started it in late 2007, was the CEO until 2016, when I uh, stepped back and we brought a quote-unquote professional CEO. Um, I'm still, I'm the chairman of the board and still a large shareholder. And Credorox today, uh, we have bank licenses in some 28 countries around the world. We process for thousands of merchants, I think well over 5,000. We do, uh, we'll probably finish 2020. Um, with some $8 billion in, in volume, company has about 320-something people. So, you know, it, it, it gave me a lot of good, I think, perspective, both on the fintech industry, but also on, you know, building a company from when we started. It was me with two partners to 300-something people and billions of dollars and so on. Um, and then about um, three years almost, in 2017, uh, I started my latest project, my new baby, which is Jazby. And uh, this company is still a fintech company, but, but with a different twist. And this is aimed at kids and teenagers and families. And our main goal is to bring financial literacy into the American family. Well, that so is I hope great. that wasn't too long-winded. No, no. I think that's so interesting. And, you know, homeschoolers are often very interested in entrepreneurship and in having their kids start their own businesses. So mm -hmm. I think you're an inspiration that way as well. But we are going to talk about financial literacy during our interview. What do you think are the main principles or the basic principles of financial management that we have to be sure to teach our kids? So I tell you, I think maybe even a step back before mm -hmm. we talk, I think there are two or three of, of those, but before is just talk to kids about money and about how money behaves and how it operates and um, tell them basic things like what interest is and, and how it works. So I think our biggest sin as a society is that we, so you know, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. One, we've stopped talking about money with our kids at home. So mm. in most households, and it crosses, by the way, this is not limited. Like if you are in a, if you are a richer family, you're more affluent, you speak more about money and, and vice versa, but it's not true. So nobody talks about money uh, mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, again, as a society, we apparently made a decision. I, I don't think it was ever really a decision, but what happened is that uh, nobody discusses money at schools as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've, you know, before I started uh, Jazby, I did some market research and, and one of the things that I was shocked, you know, I, my kids, 
they're both born in California, but most of their lives are in Massachusetts. So when they started going to the school system, I was very surprised that there is nothing about money and nothing about financial <laughs> management. And, um, and, and maybe, you know, because of my, my job, right, it, it really it, it threw me off. And I thought that cannot be. Maybe that's like just the area that I live in or something like that. And I did a little research and um, I think I remember correctly, in 41 out of the 50 states, there is absolutely zero, um, any time at all, that the, the school system talks to kids about money or financial literacy. The other nine, there is some, it's some but borderline or nothing. It's like, I don't mm -hmm. know, a few hours a year. It's almost non, non-existent. So as a society, again, we don't talk to kids about money at home. We don't talk to them about money in school. And then you have young adults going into, into life and they don't know what interest is or what an APR is or what cumulative interest and why it's not a good idea not only to pay your minimum payments on your credit card. And it's not their fault. We've never talked to them about it. How would they know? Mm -hmm. So I would tell you that before anything else, um, talk to kids about money and whatever, basically it, it doesn't, you don't have to be Warren Buffett. It doesn't have to be <laughs> like some, uh, I don't know, some very deep, lecture just a little bit what's interest how interest can be your friend when you save and your enemy when you um, are, are you know borrowing money basic things mm -hmm. and you know more about this than your 12 year old guarantee <laughs> doesn't matter who you are so a little bit before anything else goes a long way so that's a subject that is easy to talk about it's natural to talk mm -hmm. about and then i will tell you two other things so um, I, in my mind, the two basic things that would make your kids' future and their potential for, for success, financial success, uh, so much more is talk to them about savings and talk to them about investing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be a lot, a few dollars a week, whatever works for you. But those two concepts, if they, if you can encourage them and if you can somehow make them into a habit, that's a huge, huge advantage that you or your kids are going to have on their peers. Right. Why do you think it is that as a culture, we don't talk much about money with, with our kids? A great question. The honest answer is that I don't know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I have, I have a few guesses and, um, and I think, you know, again, I've been here a long time now, but it's still like in, in some parts of me, I'm still, you know, an immigrant. So I think I have this uh, point of view that I can be both from the inside into the, uh, from the outside, if mm -hmm. that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. So somebody, I, I think that's not, that's not my original thing, but I've read somewhere and I remember it because it really, like it struck me as true is that uh, somebody said that money in our society, and this has been going on for a while now, this is not new, this is 15 mm -hmm. years, maybe more, is that, like, you know, in, in Victorian eras, like in, in the in 19th century, you know, England, um, sex was a taboo. Mm -hmm. Today, we talk about it all the time, mm -hmm. with kids <laughs> all the time, and there is mm -hmm. sex ed in school. It's like you can't get enough of it, and mm -hmm. we don't talk. So money became our, like what sex was for, for Victorian times, you know what right. I mean? And nobody right. talks about it. Mm -hmm. And 
if I need to venture a guess on why that is, so I, I give you two, two, two reasons. I think at home, it, it, it splits. So I think at home because a lot of people feel that they don't know enough or they're not experts enough, quote unquote, okay. Okay. to talk to kids about it. So again, if I'm not Warren Buffett, then who am I to talk to my kid about money? And that's mm-hmm. obviously not true. Uh, because even if you're not an expert, and let's face it, most of us, if not all of us are not, you still, again, know more than your 14-year-old. And it, it, it's great. And even if you're really, really horrible about this, so, so learn together. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's no, no reason not to talk to your kids about it. Mm-hmm. The other reason, I think, is that a lot of us feel that we don't... Um, set a good enough example. So if I'm not saving enough in my, you know, in my personal life as an adult, as a parent, who am I then to go to my kid and say, hey, you need to save because I don't. So what kind of an example mm-hmm. I am? And then there's like this embarrassment or sense of awkwardness or stuff like that. So, so I think those, those are the two main reasons, I believe, reasons that, that parents don't talk about money uh, mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. The school is, I think, a little bit more complicated and I think it's a little bit more. So when I talk to our users in Jasby, uh, those two reasons come up a lot when we talk about why don't you talk to your mm-hmm. kids about money. So I, I feel very confident about that. About schools, it's nobody ever gives, I think, a straight answer. There's always dancing around it. Um, and you hear a lot of things about budgets, and but I think those are all excuses. So if you ask me, I think that money became such a sensitive issue in the last couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And if you teach, if you talk about it at school, you'll need to acknowledge that not everybody has an equal amount of it. And then it doesn't matter on what side of the political aisle you are. Mm-hmm. In either one of those aisles, it's an uncomfortable situation because nobody, mm-hmm. most, not everybody has the same amount. And then you need to explain why. And then you get into hot water and everybody hates you. So the, Safe thing is not to talk about it, right? Right. So that's my guess. I've I was never told that this is the reason because obviously nobody can admit it. But right. I, I would bet money on that. Okay. Okay. Well, that was that was very interesting. I had not really thought of it that way. I think one other factor that may come into play for not talking about it at home is that you don't want your kids to talk to their friends about your family finances. You know, <laughs> you don't want yes. that. You know, my kids have come home and said, oh, my, my friend's dad is rich. <laughs> you know, they have this much money. And, you know, my friend said they have so much money. And so there is this idea that you really don't want your kids talking to their friends about your family finances. And so, you kind of hold so, it close to the vest. I agree. So, no, no. What I mean is that when you talk to them about money, it doesn't mean that you need to put your mm-hmm. uh, W-2 and 401k in front of them and say, <laughs> okay, you know, right. uh, let's, let's plan your inheritance. What, what I mean is that uh, talk to them about the concept or, you, you know, okay, so we make money. Don't, never mind how much. Don't tell them how much. Mm-hmm. But this is what we do. So we do a budget. This is what we plan. If we go on vacation, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we can afford it, regardless if it's, you know, how much it right. is. N- never talk about, it's not about the dollar amount. It's about mm-hmm. the idea, again, what is interest? How does that work? Mm-hmm. What's insurance? How does that work? So you can have a chat with your kid about the fact that when you drive your car, the car is insured and, 
and why it is insured. And you don't have to tell them how much the car costs or how much you pay in insurance, but just the concept. And one of the things that I found out is that most of them don't care. Right. Like it's not about the dollar amount. It, it, it doesn't matter. And depends, mm-hmm. well, depends on the age, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. an eight-year-old mm-hmm. and a 15-year-old, it's a different level of sophistication. But in the vast majority of, of I think, cases, the actual do- dollar amount matters less. What matters is like, okay, so what do we do? Why do we buy insurance? Mm-hmm. I think that's very, very helpful. And I'm glad that you clarified that. I, I do think that parents have this idea that in order to talk about finances, that they have to give the details. And oh, you're saying, no, you don't. No, not about your I, personal I, finances. Yeah. I never do. And I doubt that, uh, I don't think that my kids know how much I make yeah. as a salary yeah. or my wife makes. We've never mm-hmm. talked to them again about the dollar figures, mm-hmm. uh, but I talk to them about insurance and about um, mm-hmm. uh, interest and about borrowing money and saving and all of those things. And the examples that I give them, by the way, are always around numbers that they can relate to, right? So, okay, so take, I don't know, you have $50 right now. What happens if you save this for a few months and you get 10% and, you know, so it's always about their numbers, not mine. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, that leads me to another question. So as a parent, how much money should I be telling my kids to save for their long-term goals versus what they can spend now on things that they want? Another great question. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> and I think that because there is no answer. So you know okay. what I mean? I, okay. I think it, it really, so there is this great book that I love and I forgot who is the author. I'm sorry about that. But the book is called, um, the opposite of spoiled. And I'll tell you, so why, why am I talking about this? Is, you know, I, when I was a kid, I, uh, I grew up in, in, a, in a family where we were, you know, not, 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 we were trying to be middle class. So it's like my repeated joke. Uh, my dad was a police officer who passed away when I was relatively young. My mom was a homemaker that, you know, she never walked outside the house and we really, really didn't have a lot of money, uh, if, if at all. And, uh, you know, my childhood and, and early adulthood was always around, you know, trying to, to make, you know, ends meet. And um, a few years ago, uh, you know, my older son started uh, playing golf. And one of the summers, three years ago, four years ago, I don't remember, around, I think a year before I started Jazby, uh, we signed up for like father-son a uh, golf tournament around this again early summer and we were driving around New England to all kinds of clubs and I was you know watching him putting his white glove on his hand and, and, and doing a drive and I thought to myself that when I was 10 years old my experiences were vastly vastly different mm-hmm. and one of the things that I always worry about is that how and, and I have two boys how how to make sure that they don't grow up to be spoiled. Okay. And so one of the things that I love about the, uh, the, that book, the opposite of spoiled is that they talk about having those three buckets, right? The money that you can spend, the money that you save and the money that you use to do good. And, you know, do good means give back to, to the community. It's charity, it's work, it's donation. It's, it's again, whatever works for you. 
So I always think it's those those three buckets is is my belief, and I try to to make this you know happen in Jazzby as well. So the spending money, savings, and do good, and then each family you decide what works for you and for your kid, and it depends on how much what's your income, how much free cash you have, how much of this do you give to your kids, what are your kids' ages, or what are their needs, right? Do they have a job? Do they not? If they're old enough to have a job, right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of variables here. So it's not I can't just give you an answer. I can tell you that what I see is from users is that we have families that I hear that are doing one third, one third, one third between mm-hmm. spend, save, and, and do good, and some of them do eighty percent spend and ten percent save and ten percent good. Um, I think that's like the, the the two, and some are, and and you have people anywhere in between. And I really believe that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So as long as you educate your kids to save, I don't care if it's a dollar a week or 50, and it doesn't matter. Again, for some people, a dollar a week is a lot. For some people, 50 a week, it's not. But at the end of the day, if there is a consistent message and a consistent um, action of savings, that's what you want, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not about mm-hmm. exact dollar amount. Um, right. And, and then, you know, again, as your kid, becomes older and if they again if they have a job if they don't have a job each circumstance in each family is very different just find your spot and also it can change you can start with saying you know what i want them to save more because they're young and they don't need that money to to spend and two years later you say you know something you started going out with your friends so it's okay if you save a little bit less as long as the as long as there's persistence in actually doing it Mm -hmm. excellent excellent okay um, what are the benefits of giving kids an allowance or paying them for chores? I know some families are really opposed to that. Um, you know, it's, so if a child gets money for a birthday or um, a holiday, then, you know, they will learn how to spend that, but they don't want to actually give them an allowance or pay them to do things around the house that they think that they should just be doing. Um, do you think there are some advantages and benefits of um, doing that, though, giving kids money to, to manage? Yes, absolutely. So, again, I can share with you some of the data, some of the things that we see from how families and how people do it or go about it. Um, so two and a half methods, right? So there's those families will say, here's your weekly or here's your monthly allowance. Uh, the younger the kids are, the more we see weekly. The older they are, the more we see monthly. And then that's your allowance and everything else. So the chores around the house are in, expected. You live here, so you're going to help to clean the dishes or take out the garbage or feed the dog or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we're not paying you for that. Um, the other angle is the other extreme, maybe, if you will, is that people say, we don't give allowance, but do something. You can earn your You can earn your keep, right? So you can... Uh, wash the dishes will give you something, walk the dogs will give you something, and so on. Um, what I do, by the way, which again, we see a lot of people do is somewhere in between. So we do, our kids are still relatively young, so we do still weekly allowance. I think for my mm-hmm. older kid who is now in middle school, we'll soon switch to monthly, and I'll talk in a second about why. Um, so we give them allowance, and we don't pay for chores. Chores are expected because you live here. Uh, being good at school is expected because that's your job. However, if there is some extraordinary, I don't know, a spring cleanup, 
something that's really outside. It's not fitting the dog, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's really outside the normal scope. Uh, then we will compensate them for that because that's mm-hmm. that's unusual. But that's a few times a year, right? I know, mm-hmm. Three, four times a year. Not mm-hmm. um, why do it at all? So the data shows, and this has been shown for many years, and this has been shown across cultures. So this is not only U.S. numbers. That if you give kids the ability to manage some budget, again, depends on, on their age and level of sophistication, they grow up to be more fiscally responsible mm-hmm. young adults and then adults. Okay. It gives them more experiences. The younger you started, by the way, and again, obviously not a baby, but we see users as early as eight-year-olds, so third grade, something like that. They're completely old enough to understand. And if you let them manage some money, you do a few things. So one, again, as I mentioned before, the data shows, it's just fact, they'll go up better responsible because of that. The other thing I think also, even on a philosophical level, is that it empowers them, right? Which is, I think, what we want. It gives them the ability to make decisions. It takes away, again, it's not magic, but it takes away some of the, hey, dad, can I have that? Can you buy me that? Mm -hmm. Because now... Listen, man, like, you know, I gave you the money for the month. <laughs> you make the decision to buy what you want. <laughs> and if you're out of it, the money, then next time think about it better. It's, it, it gives more responsibility to them, which is a good thing. It's, you know, I, I, I think that one of the mistakes that we do, all of us, is that we baby our kids too much and too, 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 too long. Mm-hmm. So the more responsibility you can give them, and again, it's, you start when they're young, so you give them a little bit of money every week. So why every week? Because they'll make a mistake, but they don't need to wait a lot to, co- to correct it, right? So next week you start again. So it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you make a mistake. You A few days you're upset, but Sunday comes and you start all over again. Mm-hmm. When they're a little bit older, like I said, I think I'm, I'm literally going to do this for my middle school kid. Uh, you can do this on a monthly ba- basis, right? So. Mm-hmm. You can do it two weeks with your paycheck. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two mm-hmm. weeks is a good, by the way, because you can tell them, hey, I get paid every two weeks, and mm-hmm. so do you. So mm-hmm. you, we, we calculate our budget on a two-week basis, and so do you. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so b- why do it? Because it sends the right message and because it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, that has certainly been my experience. I'm very glad that I gave my kids an allowance. Um, and yes. also paid them for extra responsibilities like mowing the lawn. Yes. That, that mm-hmm. is something that they get paid for. Um, Which is fair, by the way, right? Because so, if you would hire right? an outside, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, fantastic. Okay, so I'm thinking about a family um, who is listening right now, and their finances are a mess. Mm-hmm. And that family could be wondering, how do I even start to teach my kids financial literacy when my own financial house is not in order? Where, where should I begin? So I, as, as we mentioned before, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles. And you know, there's a famous quote that I, I love and I say it all the time is that best is enemy of the good. You don't have to be perfect in anything you do in life, I think. Do something, start, then make it better. If you wait 
Until everything is perfect, you never do anything. You never leave the house. It's not a good way to do things. So where do you start? You start by having a conversation. You start by saying, hey, son, hey, daughter. I have boys, so I always say son. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about your allowance. So you're old enough, depending, again, what you decide as a parent, you, you become of age, right? So it's, it's, again, it's an empowering thing. And we're going to give you that many dollars every week, every two weeks, every month. And now let's talk about it a little bit. My expectation of you, and I know that you like money, all of us do, and I know that you like to spend and you're probably going to run and buy video games, which is okay. My expectation of you is to think about those three things. Some money you will spend, I want you to think what you're going to buy and how much it costs and, and make maybe a list and think, you know, what's your priority within this money that you're going to spend. But I expect you to also do good and give back to the community. Mm -hmm. And I also expect you to save. You mm -hmm. know why you should save? Because saving is the way of how you become better and how you become richer in the future. <laughs> no, no shame. Tell them, hey, do you want to have money? All of them will tell you yes, right? right. No kid will say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to. Right? <laughs> so do you want to become wealthy? Do you want to be richer? Do you want to have more money? Saving is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, start it right now. Mm -hmm. That's my expectation. Excellent. And go. This Excellent. is a one, two, three minute conversation. And you start it. Start it with $5 a week, with $2 a week, with $1 a week. Doesn't matter. Start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then after a few weeks, months, adjust it. Say, hey, I see that you have issues. I see that you have a problem. Well, you know, doesn't matter. Right. And I think families who wonder even where a child's allowance could come from, I would discuss ideas for making some extra money with your child. It could be mm -hmm. like having a sale, putting things for sale online. Um, mm -hmm. Most kids are more tech savvy than their parents and mm -hmm. they can show you, look, you know, mom, we can sell your clothes that you don't wear anymore. We can sell them online. Um, and you can give your child a percentage of that or all of that, whatever the case may be. But there are ways to um, work with your child to create funds for an allowance um, and you can both be learning about finances at the same time, as you mentioned earlier. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, Great so, ideas. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank you for that. I would love to hear more about Jasby because I really don't know much about it. It is a family finance app that you have mm -hmm. developed. And mm -hmm. I would love to hear about the problems that it solves for families and the benefits that it has. So Jasby, I always tell people, is the way for families to move money. And it's a mobile payment app and card. And we connect kids, teenagers and kids and younger kids. We connect their parents and we connect grandparents. So three generations in a family. The idea is that the adults give money to the kids for, again, parents normally is allowance and chores and doing good in school. Grandparents is mostly holidays and, you know, birthdays and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and the adults would give money for, to the kids in, in a fast, immediate, digital way. The way that our kids live today is only digital. It's only through their phones or tablets if they don't have a phone and so on. So 
give money the way that they understand the world, which is digital, right? So it's super easy. Uh, it takes, I can tell you again, Jazby started a lot from my own frustration. Um, I started giving uh, my kids allowance when I was still in my previous company in Credorax and I used to travel like crazy. And um, they were, I think, uh, my, my older was in first grade and I did a deal with them that I'll give them $3 every Sunday. And then what happened is that half the time I would forget. I just didn't remember. The other half, I didn't have $3, like in cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and it became a hassle because I would, I would every, like when I would remember, I would go to the supermarket and try to get $10 and give me 10 ones and I don't know. And I had a secret drawer and I would keep all those ones. It became a thing just because like I didn't have $3. And the third half of the time, um, I would travel and I wouldn't be home, right? And like the whole thing, and then even after when, when, so I would forget or wouldn't have it or whatnot, and then once in three weeks, I would remember and say, oh man, like I owe you $12, so here you go, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, one, that's a very, very bad example because I promised that I'm going to do something and I constantly don't and like doesn't make me look very good. But even more so, um, Whenever he wanted to use it, uh, what would he do with it? Right? You know, we live in a small rural place in Massachusetts, and most of what he wanted is some games on the iPad, and the cash didn't help him at all. Mm-hmm. Right? So I started thinking, if it's so difficult for me, it's probably so difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so more than anything, it's, it's, the play here is about making it easy and convenient and making it tailored to what you want. So some families would say, hey, I do automatic allowance, so every week on a Sunday, that amount, and you can easily do this with the app. Some families say, I don't want to do automatic because I want to control, so I decide when and how much I'm going to give, and you can do that. You can set up chores or not. You can set up academic rewards or not. Anything you want. It's super easy, right? So that's one. The second, we have a lot of features and, and more to come. This is still you know, a young company and a, and a young product, so it's, everything is... It's always developing and we're always adding more. But we're trying to let you, uh, as a kid and as a parent, say, hey, here's, I want to save. Here's, I want to donate. So we work with 25, I think, nationwide charities. To give you, for example, um, anything from American Cancer Society to Girls Who Code to the Conservation Fund, anybody, anybody can find something that he or she likes. So you say, hey, I want your do-good budget and what it's going to be and everybody can choose you know how he wants to do good and then there is spend and the spend is done in in two possibilities one is that we have in the app we have an in-house and in-app shop we call it the jasby shop hmm. and we sell everything from accessories to electronics to video games to some fashion like you know bracelets and hats and t-shirts and stuff like that so it's very cool it's very safe Mm-hmm. It's very curated. And I always, you know, m- with my kids, um, the younger one, most of like his spend is on the, is on the shop. Uh, for the older one, my other way of um, allowing people to, to spend is through a debit card. Okay. So we have the Jazby virtual debit card. It's not a plastic. It's not mm-hmm. a physical card because usually it takes about three to four days before they lose it. Uh, but the one thing you know that they would never lose is their phone Mm -hmm. right because it's glued to their hand so Mm -hmm. it's a virtual debit card it works 
online, anywhere online. It works anywhere that contactless paper and payments are accepted. So Apple Pay, which mm-hmm. today is almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you add the card to Apple Pay and you can just use it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's what Jaspi is. And it, it becomes easy and it's kind of educational without you really even knowing it. So one of the things, again, that I've learned over the years is that if I call my kids now and tell them, boys, we're going to talk about interest. Mm-hmm. It takes nine seconds for their eyes to glaze and they're like, <laughs> dad, what do you want from us? Right? And even if I, even if I force them and say, no, 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 I'm going to tell you about interest, they won't remember. They don't care. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. most most services and most of the places where they teach you financial literacy, it's boring academic mm-hmm. lectures that nobody remembers, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe that the way to learn those things is through action, is through mm-hmm. acting, mm-hmm. right? So you get some money and you tell them, hey, I want you to save a dollar a week. So now you have to do it, right? And you say, okay, so how do I do it? And you find the answer in the app. I want you to donate the dollar a week. Okay. Uh, how do I donate? Well, look, and who do I donate to? You decide, man. Look at the list. There's 25, and if you have an idea, suggest it so we can add more, right? Mm-hmm. So you learn those things through doing, mm-hmm. and therefore you remember them. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Okay, so I have some questions for you, um, and maybe a suggestion. Um I always had my kids give their um, their give money, their donate money to our church. Um, if that would be possible, you know, to to use it that way, I, I suppose that would be possible because it c- can be used as a debit card, correct? Oh yes. So yeah. Um, so there's two two sides to this. Oh, okay. On a debit card you can do whatever you want. So obviously, yes, if your Mm -hmm. church has the ability to accept the card, it works fantastically great. Okay. Um, One of the things that we're looking at, and I'll tell you in a second why it takes us time, is that I want even those who don't choose to have a debit card to just be able to do this from the app the same way that we can donate to American Cancer Society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The problem is, or it's not a problem, and it's completely understandable, is that, you know, we deal with money and with kids. So we are heavily, heavily regulated. We right. it should be. <laughs> right. So it's we need so it's not it's not mm. a click of a button. When we add a, a charitable organization, there is a long process that we have to go through sure. to make sure that it's really a charitable it. organization. Right. So it's not right. a click of a button and say, okay, that church and, and on. So it, it it's I just see. it's biocracy, it takes time. But Got with it. the card, obviously anybody that could yeah. work. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So my other question has to do with access and with kids ages. So, um, what I did to begin with, because I ran into all the same problems that you did with giving allowance and I have six kids, so it was pretty much of a nightmare. (laughs) Um, and so I found an app that was far less, um, you know, feature rich than Jazby. Um, but I could just show my kids what their balances were. And so I, I think my question is, um, you know, what about kids who don't have their own phone and what, uh, what types of devices will your app work on um, if, 
you know, for example, you have a child who doesn't have an iPhone. Okay. So stop. There are a few questions there, so let me try. I know. Sorry. Okay. Um, One is that you don't have to have a phone. Okay. 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 Uh, And the same as... so think about it as an email account. Let's say you have mm-hmm. one computer or one tablet. You can log in and the same, like you can have three kids use the same tablet, but each one of them, they their own password and their own username and all of this. So you can share, right? And everywhere, each one of them would have their own separate account and separate balance. You can show them how much money they have and all of those things. So that's not a problem. Um, on average, so in the United States, the average age in which a kid has a phone, gets a first phone, is, is um, 12 when they go to wow. middle school. Wow, yes. okay. But by the way, it's very late. Most, most of the rest of the world, yes, uh, most really? of the rest of the world is first, second grade. We are very, <gasps> very, yes. Really? Wow, yes, I had always, no idea. Yes, yes. Uh, the United States is one uh, of, of, of those countries in which the average age for a first-time smartphone usage is very late. Hmm. Uh, across Europe, in Israel, it's much, it's years, five years before. Okay. So in the United States, the average age for the first phone is 12. Okay. And it goes like that. So some 82 to 85% of the kids 12 years old and above have a smartphone. And okay. about 90% of those have an iPhone. So it's is that right? Yes. Again, wow. the United States is very, very skewed towards iPhone in teenage and okay. uh, early teenage. All right. Uh, so right now, as we speak, and we are uh, December of 2020, mm-hmm. we are available for iOS devices. So okay. I've had, uh, okay. And, and this is the reason because, because mm-hmm. our audience is so skewed. Sure. Within a couple of months, so within Q1 of, of 2021, so a couple of months, uh, will also be available on the, on the Google store. Okay. And then you can use it on any... Google-based tablet or, or phone or whatnot. Um, I would say that in my mind, you can start using Jazby meaningfully as early as seven, eight, okay, second or third grade. Depends on uh-huh. how your kid is and how you feel about it. Third grade for sure. Okay. Uh, and then debit cards. So again, you can have it a ten-year-old. We don't restrict it. I'm just telling you like what I think is, mm-hmm. again, meaningful or, or like uh, makes sense. Uh, anywhere between 10 and 12. Uh-huh. And then when the kids get their first phone, which is, again, on average at 12, uh, then it becomes really, you know, with Apple Pay, they can just use it the same way that you would use, you would use your card in anywhere else. Okay. Um, and the same would be uh, with Google. So, again, in a couple of months, uh-huh. we'll, we'll be ready for Google Pay, um, and, and it will be the same way. Okay. Well, I have one more question for you about your app because of how I used mm-hmm. a very beginning app uh, with my own kids. And that is, can you as a parent deduct money from your child's account? I did this as a disciplinary tactic and it was incredibly effective. <laughs> very, very effective. So we go back and forth on this. So okay. technically, so. Technically, obviously, because it's the same way you, for us, the technology part of it is sure. Okay. Uh, we go back and forth, 
And for now, actually, the answer is that we don't allow it because okay. we want this. So we want this to be as real. Yes. So we take a step <laughs> back. Like real we have account. never okay. ending discussions about two things. About one, we want this to be as close to uh, legacy cash. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I always thought, you know, if I give my son five dollars, well, I'm going to come the next day, go into his piggy bank and say, OK, I'm taking the five dollars back. Like that's mm-hmm. very it's right. very house. Right, right. Uh, and so that's at the beginning we said, you know, so again, we go back and forth with this. So now we're now the, the section that says no, <laughs> you know, is on top. The other part, by the way, that we constantly have um, discussions, internal discussions is about what's our role into all of this. So how much of a supervisory role JASB needs to have. Mm-hmm. Again, so we try to find the fine line mm-hmm. of we're not replacing you as a parent. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I'll give you for for instance, you, we block dangerous activities, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't use our debit card on a, I don't know, gambling website. Just, right, right. right. Or, or, or anything yeah. not nice. Right. But um, if whenever your kid buys something, you get an immediate notification, but you don't get to approve every single purchase. Am I okay. making sense to you? Because yes. we thought to ourselves, we are not replacing the parent. So if you see that your kid just got $20 and he immediately spent them five minutes after, so it's your job to go to him and say, or her, and say, hey, that's not cool. And next time I won't give you $20. Or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's not our job to block it because then it, like, it becomes like censorship, you know, like where's the line? Mm-hmm. But we're constantly, you know, discussing this. Right. Um, I think, look, my philosophy about this that it needs to be real. And one of the things, mm-hmm. look, having some some app that shows you, okay, uh, I just gave you $5 and then it shows $5 and there is a screen that he sees $5, it's very easy and cheap to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not real. And kids are mm-hmm. smart. They're mm-hmm. super smart. They're mm-hmm. so much smarter. Again, I look at my kids, they're 10 and 12. I remember, I think, myself when I was in middle school. I wasn't one third of as smart as, as, as they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So they know it's not real. With Jasby, and that's the, that's the complexity, we close the loop, if that makes sense to you. They mm-hmm. can use it real world. They can give to church and they can buy on Amazon and they mm-hmm. can go to McDonald's and buy a burger. It's mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. And they know it's real. So this way they treat it differently because it's not just, it's not monopoly money. It's not pretend. Right. Right. All right. That's what makes it strong, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, you would you would deny me my my discipline strategy, but I could probably find a way around it. <laughs> By the way, we we again, if tell us what you think. You know, as as as, right. as parents, as users, no, really, like if yeah. people want that, I'm super happy to to do it. Like, yeah. Depends I mean, on. I, yeah. I completely respect and appreciate the philosophy that you, that you have, um, with that. And I mean, I, I really am serious that I, I think I could find a way around that. Um, So my, my, what I do is I tell them, okay, I gave you, I gave you, I probably mm -hmm. made a mistake. So Mm -hmm. next week, no. Exactly. That's what I was going to say that, um, it could certainly come out of next week's allowance rather than being a deduction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Well, I think this is very exciting. Um, it is um, really 
I think it's just an excellent tool that you have created for families and parents. And I so appreciate the wisdom that you have given us for talking to our kids about money um, and not waiting until we have perfect finances to start those conversations and to start the education. Um, so this was wonderful. I really, really appreciate it. And I wish you well with JSB as well. Thank you so much. And uh, for everybody, the service is free completely. So again, on, on purpose. So there's no blockage. There is no reason why not. And there is no, like some people can afford it and some not and all of mm -hmm. those things. So if you want to learn more, go to Jasby. Jasby is spelled J-A-S-S-B-Y. And just sign up. So go to jasby.com. Excellent. Thank you. And I will put the link for that in the show notes as well. Well, Beautiful. thanks again. And um, I wish you very well with this app in the coming year. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Find the links to my sponsor, CTC Math, and to Jasby by going to homeschoolsanity.com slash teachfinance. Join me next week as we discuss how understanding personality can improve your homeschool. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.